Welcome to It's Real with Jordan Edwards. My guest today is G Flip. She's an Australian singer-songwriter whose debut album, About Us, was a big hit in Australia, bolstered by singles like About You and Drink Too Much. Her latest single, Hyperfine, came out in May. So here it is, episode 27, with G Flip. First of all, the new video for Hyperfine is wild. Tell me about the, the single Hyperfine, how you made it, when you made it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, the single um, was written and produced uh, when I was in LA in November 2018. I had a session booked with Tim Anderson, who's an awesome producer who's worked with, I think he's done some stuff for Billy, some stuff for Banks. He's worked with some amazing, amazing artists. And I just rocked up to his studio, never met him, and um, he knew I was a drummer, so we had a drum kit set up, and then we just started jamming on synths and drums, and then we were kind of going back and forth playing synths, and I was just playing heaps of different grooves, and um, all the drums in the the track just come from us jamming and then us splitting them up and putting them in different spots in the track. And then, yeah, uh, we made all the melodies that day. I went home that night and I wrote all the lyrics to the melodies that we'd written and then the next day laid the whole thing down and it was done. And it was one of those things where, you know, a song just magically comes together really quickly. So, And it hasn't been really that long since you came out with About Us. And I know that a lot of that stuff was recorded in 2017, 2018. So... How do, how has the way you make music, how has it changed since you've had a little bit of success with your debut album? I think the process hasn't changed too much. It's more that now if I'm doing shows in another country or, you know, on tour, I'll work with producers over on that side of the world and then we'll work together. So now that I'm moving around a lot more, I... I have access to people that I didn't normally have access to. Like a lot of um, about us, that record I just made by myself in my room. There's a few tracks that um, I collaborated and, you know, you got sent my stems over to other producers to, you know, collaborate on the production. But now, you know, I have access to a lot of cool producers that I like working with, which is, is great. And I just love the whole writing process. It's so fun. Yeah, I mean, you obviously you're a singer and you're a vocalist, but do you kind of consider yourself a, a producer? Would you call yourself a producer? Yeah, for sure. There's some tracks on About Us that I've just totally did myself in my room, and now I'm starting to produce with some other artists, which is cool. But yeah, I definitely call myself a producer. I spend way too much time sitting in front of Logic to not call myself one for sure. Yeah, are you a perfectionist? Is it you go over the tracks like a million times and they never feel finished? Yeah, I'm definitely a perfectionist in like everything I do. So, yeah, I spend I spend a lot of time going over every little detail. Definitely. You make this this album. Is this is this track part of, going to be part of a, a, a part of a bigger album, part of a bigger project, or at least an EP? 
Yeah, I'm thinking about, I'm not too sure yet, but I've got so many songs that it feels right to make them part of a, you know, a project or a, a bigger bigger entity kind of, like make it something. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing an EP or an album, like a, a long EP or a, a, I don't know, like a 10-song album. But I'm kind of in the process of working that out. Now you you mentioned being a session drummer and and drums is your is your main instrument. Did you did you play from an early age? Did you have drumsticks when you were like four years old, or did you come into it like when you were more in high school? My cousin played drums, my older cousin, and I was always quite obsessed with his drum kit. And um, my uncle for my ninth birthday bought me a drum kit and it was the best present I ever got and it was like the best day of my life getting that drum kit and then yeah I've been playing drums since I was nine I did formal lessons all through high school um, and then I went and studied after high school I did a bachelor of music and I majored in drums at university so then I did a a music degree and everything was always centered around drums drums was my number one instrument but when I was about 14 15 I taught myself how to play piano and guitar obviously the piano and the guitar really help on the songwriting aspect of things putting together chords and such for sure yeah that definitely just having a melodic instrument bass really helps with songwriting so um, I'm not that great at guitar and piano. I'm very much self-taught. I still play all my tracks. If there's guitar or piano, I'm playing them. Um, but, you know, if you actually listen to most of my songs, they're pretty simple chords, very four-chord progression, you know. So, But, yeah, I'm still trying to broaden. Yeah, well, it'll, maybe it'll be a while before you get into experimental jazz or something. <laughs> I remember doing experimental jazz on drums, but, yeah, I haven't reached that point Um on the keys or, or guitar yet. What did you grow up listening to? I mean, you're from uh, Australia, you're from Melbourne. Did you listen to mostly Australian music or did you listen to American stuff, European stuff? What did you grow up on? Um, it was always a big mix in my household. My dad was into like, you know, early Green Day, like the Dookie album. I remember he'd always spin that. He was into Rancid. He was into the Rolling Stones. Um, he listened to an Aussie artist a lot called Paul Kelly, who's like kind of like folk, like guitar, acoustic guitar guy. So he kind of had a mix, but a lot of it was, you know, pretty rough, like, you know, just a bass guitar, drums, like thrashing it out in a garage, kind of music like that. And then my mum listened to Top 40, so which was a lot of American stuff and a mix of Australian, but a lot of American hits travelled over here in our Top 40. So... It was always a mix of that pop and then that rough around the edges, like three-piece band rock, which I think when I when I think of how I've grown up and I've been listening to that, it makes sense. My music is like pop music, but it's a bit rough around the edges and I've always played in these bands where I'm playing rough guitar and like drums and stuff. So I can kind of see how all of that has infiltrated into my sound today. Vocally, did you have anyone that you wanted to sound like or did the voice just kind of establish itself? No, I've actually never had a vocal lesson. I'm pretty, like, to me, I I have actually no idea what I'm doing. I'm just making something, making sounds out of my mouth. But singing definitely came last to me. I didn't get the confidence to sing in front of anyone until, like, my late, 
like till I was like 18 or 19, I sang in front of my friends for the first time. And then when I went to music uni, I started singing a little bit more and getting my confidence up. But that definitely came last. And I'm still, I feel like I should get some vocal lessons just to make sure I'm doing having the right technique because I could be doing damage. But yeah, that came last. Now, you've gotten a lot of, I mentioned Triple J before, you've gotten a lot of love from Triple J. Can you explain for Americans what Triple J is and and how that's important to the pop music scene in Australia? Yeah, for sure. I guess in Australia, basically the whole population of Australia is the same size as LA. So our population is so much smaller than the States and our music scene is also so much smaller. So we only have a few radio stations that are the leading radio stations and Triple J is one of the biggest radio stations and they're big at supporting homegrown artists and big at, big at supporting, you know, Australian talent that's, you know, made in their bedrooms, like hidden gems that are just kids that are unsigned and unmanaged who are just like making songs and they're very supportive of, you know, people like that. And being one of the biggest radio stations, they have the power to take, you know, a kid in their room that's making EDM on a laptop to, you know, the biggest festivals and stages around Australia and they have a lot of power with that and they just, like, curate really cool music and they find really cool music and it's not just Australian music they play, they also play music from around the world but they're big on supporting Australian artists. And in in America, people know Triple J from the Like a Version series that's on YouTube all over the place, which you did Lady Marmalade for. What was that experience like? Why did you pick that song and, and... what, how much fun was that to do that that show? Yeah, I guess Like A Version in Australian culture is just so known. Like everyone knows about Like A Version. So I've been listening to Like A Versions since I was like very young and I've always made lists and I've always thought if I do it one day, what am I going to do? So I had this whole list and then Triple J approached me and asked me to do it uh, two days before International Women's Day. So then I was looking at, and they and they asked if I'd play a song by a female artist, obviously, for that. Um, so I looked at my list and I was like, oh, man, it would be so cool to do Lady Mar- Marmalade with a, you know, a full female band for International Women's Day. So, yeah, I went with that and it was so fun. Put the whole, the whole band together and did rehearsals and I had a, a different arrangement in my head where I did a bit of a drum solo and... We have a horn section and the horn section were awesome. I was giving them horn lines that I'd written like with my mouth. <laughs> making trumpet sounds with my mouth being like, I want, you know, you to do this. And they, they picked it up so great, all the girls. So it was awesome. One thing that you're known for, I believe, besides the music, one thing that you're known for is your style. You have this amazing collection of hats that you often wear backwards and you're always with your glasses. Let me ask, do you have like, several hundred pairs of glasses like Elton John or do you have like two or three that you wear over and over again? I literally just have two pairs that I wear over and over again and I've worn the same two pairs for like I don't know four years I probably need to get some new ones actually. (laughs) And what about and what about the hats do you have a big collection of, of baseball hats? Yeah I have a lot of hats I have heaps of hats 
And I've always just been wearing hats. All my photos as a kid, I've got a backwards cap, which I think is funny now. I look at the photos of me as a kid and I'm like, man, that outfit is killer. I would wear that tomorrow. I don't know. I've never been really high maintenance with getting myself together. I want to be able to put a pair of shorts on, a T-shirt, whack a hat on, then I don't have to brush my hair, put my glasses on because I'm I'm blind, and then off I go out the door and I can get ready in two minutes. So I don't think too much about it, but – I think it's funny when people, I don't know, people tell me I'm like stylish or something. I'm like, man, I'm just so practical. Shorts, t-shirt and I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. How much do you care about growing your popularity, growing your music outside of Australia? Especially, I know you love the States. How, do you, how much do you care about becoming more well-known in the States? Oh, I would, I would love to be, become more well-known in the States. Um, I think most of my fan base is just Aussie, but, you know, I'd love to go across the water and play similar shows as I do here because it brings me so much joy. So it's definitely, you know, it's on my mind and it's definitely some of my goals to, you know, get a bigger and wider audience in the in the States. But also because I know that my music relates to people a lot and I get a lot of messages saying how it helps them through breakups. Like About Us is a big breakup album. So, um, you know, I'd like more people to hear it because it could help mend their, mend their hearts in some way. Yeah. One thing I really like about your, the sound of your music is that you have, you can tell you're a really skilled producer and that you're working with other skilled producers and you have a sound that sounds at the same time expensive and intimate, if that makes any sense at all. Ooh, I've never heard that mix before, but thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it sounds like thinking of someone like, say, Halsey or Lady Gaga in terms of the quality of the production, but it doesn't sound like it's been put through a bunch of filters and had a bunch of A&R people listen to it over and over again. Oh, well, that's that's a positive thank you. That's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, it's, my, my process is pretty much like that's what I want it to sound like and it's done. Song's done. If I decide it's done, it's going to be done. Right, right. Put it to bed. Yeah. So before I let you go, I do a thing on the show called the Music Nerd Questionnaire. So I'd like to ask you just a few questions about your preference in music. Nerdy questions, music nerdy questions. Yeah. So easy. First question, when it comes to production, what is your software of choice? Uh, Logic Pro X. Have you always been a Logic person? Yeah, when I went to... um... When I studied music, they taught us how to use Logic and it was back when, I think it was Logic 9 when it was like all white and way harder to use and then they made it more user-friendly. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been thinking about learning crossing over to Ableton just because when I work with people, it's so easy to get on the, sit in the production seat if someone's on Logic and then show them something that I can hear. But obviously if they're in Ableton, I'm like, I've got no no idea my way around this. So, but yeah, I'm Logic. Right, right. Question two, name an Australian band that you believe should be should be bigger. Oh, um, an Australian band that I believe should be bigger. Um, I reckon Ruby Fields. And why is that? Well, she's a close mate of mine, but also her music's rad and um, her lyrics are great and it's just got this laid back, 
like Aussie indie rock sound, which I think is cool. So you know how like Courtney Barnett did quite well over in the States? Sure. It kind of has that esque, but a little bit, a little bit more cleaner around the edges, and yeah, it's just feel good. All right, noted, noted. Next question: How is Tame Impala viewed in Australia? In America, they're very revered; people cite them as an influence. But how are they viewed in Australia? How is Kevin Parker viewed in Australia? Yeah. I think Kevin Parker's views royalty. I reckon he's like royalty status. He's like, he can do no wrong. And he's so talented and his mind, where his mind goes with sounds and frequencies, it's just like he's got his own thing. Like now I'm hearing on so many tracks, everyone's doing Tame Impala drums, like that filtered down like lo-fi, sure. vintage, bloody sound like everyone's you know copying things that he does and everyone's influenced by him all over the world so he's royalty have you gotten much into that do you have any interest in in adding kind of that more psychedelic kind of vapor wavy lo-fi sound to your music at all i i haven't experienced with that yet but i'm definitely open to i think it's it'll end up happening i'll end up getting some crazy guitar pedals and then I'll start experimenting. I feel like that'll probably happen soon. Have you picked up any new skills or interests while being in an isolated state? Um, like any new instruments? Have you started playing the flute or something? <laughs> no, I've thought about it. I have a saxophone and that I've thought about. It. I need to pick that up and learn it. No, I've just been, I think one thing that, because I'm always on the road and forget to do, I'm just sorting out, like, getting all, everything backed up. You know how, like, getting everything onto hard drives, organizing all my show files, organizing all my, you know, production and my top lines that I'm doing for other artists and production I'm doing for other artists, like, organizing that all, updating my computer and software, updating Logic. I've had a Profit 6 for ages or since that I haven't, like, properly got my head around yet, so I've had some time to really sit with that analog synth and just play with it. And, yeah, I bought some new monitors, some old vintage Yamaha NS10 monitors. Nice. So I've picked up a little bit of gear here and there. But, yeah, it's been it's been nice just being back in my studio sitting in the room the whole day because when I'm on the road, I only come home for a few days and then I'm tired from touring. So it's nice to just be in the studio. Are you into vintage gear? Like, do you have some cool, like, 70s guitars or anything like that? Um, I am into it, but I don't have a lot of gear yet. But it's something that going to be spending money on. Like, I would love to get a Juno 60. That's obviously just a staple instrument in any studio. Um, I've got an old an Ibanez Blazer 81, which is pretty cool, which is back when Ibanez would kind of copy Fender's strap shape. So I've got like an old vintage guitar like that, but I would love to get some old 70s like Fender guitars and, you know, some old synths and like an old Moog and stuff like that. But I think that's on the dream list once I get enough coin to to build my dream studio. For yeah, sure. it's, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. So final question if you could have an American rapper do a guest vocal 
on a G Flip song, who would it be? Ooh, an American rapper. You know what came straight to my mind is Kanye. Like straight away, it was just in my head, Kanye. You chose the um, biggest. Go after the biggest, right? I, I just think it'd be interesting. I'd love to hear just, I'd love to be in a studio with him and just, just see what happens. Like I'd love to just see, I'd love to watch how his mind works in a creative process. All right. Thank you so much for talking to me. I, I really appreciate it. No worries, Jordan. Thanks, mate. It's Real with Jordan Edwards is presented by Pop Dust. Go to popdust.com for the latest in music, pop culture, and entertainment. And you can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio.com.